Well, hello, everyone. I am John Allen Turner, and I am seated right across the table from my good friend, Hal Edward Runkel. Hal, how are you? I'm doing just fine. And this is, uh, I'm doing well, to to answer your question there. Um, I've spent a lot of time today running around and sitting in traffic, and so it's nice to be inside somewhere with the air conditioner. And, of course, it's always a pleasure to get to have a conversation with you. This is You Must Chill which is the weekly podcast on all things Scream Free. Two guys trying to grow up and calm down, and yet we're going to sit here and we're going to... And get closer, but not necessarily to each other. No, 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 no. And here we are going to talk about the things that make us crazy. Um, Okay, let's talk first for a second about the name of the podcast. You must... You must chill. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, hopefully, people who are listening are well-versed enough in pop culture... Certainly, 80s pop culture. Where you and I both came of age. Yes. And so, obviously, I think we're being, uh, we're being assumptive that people know what You Must Chill refers to. Right, so that's a line from, uh, from the movie Say Anything. One of the great movies of the 1980s. John Cusack. Yes. Uh, who else was it? What was her name? Iona Sky. Yes. Yes. Wow. Thank Pulled you. that one out. I did. Cameron Crowe movie. Yeah, it was a, it, yes. he, uh, he wanted to be a kickboxer. Yes. Lloyd. Lloyd Dobler. Dobler. Okay. Lloyd now, Dobler. <laughs> this, is, this movie has uh, significance for you and your lovely wife, Jenny. Yes, it does, because it was not the first movie we went to see together. The first movie we went to see together was Lethal Weapon 2. Entirely forgettable. Uh, I, I like that. It's my favorite, except that there is a blatant nudity scene, sex scene. Yeah. And on your first date... That's with a little a girl awkward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seventeen. Sure. Oh, yeah. It's the first time we'd ever done anything outside of school. And so you go see this movie, it and a it's a very yeah. uncomfortable five minutes there. Okay. <laughs> was it a five-minute scene? Well, maybe it, it was just five, five minutes. minutes. It felt five minutes. Okay. It was very uncomfortable. But the second movie we ever saw was Say Anything, and it became our movie. And it's well, and the scene uh, that everybody remembers from it is made by the music, which is right, the Peter Gabriel song. He's yes. standing there holding the boombox above his head, In wearing your a trench coat. Eyes, yeah, yeah, yes, that's the kind of iconic scene, right? But there's a scene earlier in the movie on their first date when the, I'm the key master. Yes, right. He's at a party. Yes, he's at a party and. He gets accosted by this guy saying, I can't find my keys. I can't find my keys, whatever. And he's like, you must chill. You must chill. So we. So what happened was when we started Scream Free several years ago, my wife used to work a lot with the organization, and she named the Scream Free blog, You Must Chill, based on that. Okay. And so now that's become just yes. a part of our culture here at Scream Free. Yes. Because it fits so perfectly that the whole point of Scream Free is that in order to have the right type of relationships we crave the most, we all just gotta chill. And if you're ever in high school and you're at a party and you've had too much to drink and you can't find your keys... That's the phrase to use. You must chill. You must chill. But now you and I were just talking before I hit record over here that uh, maybe, maybe we shouldn't call the podcast You Must Chill. Well, we don't want to give the impression that, uh... We don't need to chill. You're the one that needs to chill, right? I ran into the same thing when I was coming up with the subtitle for the first book, Scream Free Parenting. And do I want to do it raising your kids by keeping your cool? Okay. Or do I want to say raising our kids by keeping our cool? More inclusive. Okay, yeah, um, like I'm in this with you kind of thing. And so I've thought about, well, let's call it We Must Chill. But that's not the quote. No. You must chill. 
It doesn't flow as much. We must chill. Like yeah, if Lloyd Dobler is yelling that at a dude, mm-hmm. we must chill. That doesn't it, it, sound right. It doesn't work as well. No. So, okay. You must chill is the name, and we're expanding the blog as well, and it's going to incorporate my blog as well. And so, you must chill. It's because here's a, a thing that we learned at Scream Free. I think maybe we're learning at Scream Free is our whole goal is to help people willingly look at themselves. Okay. Willingly confront themselves and their own behavior. It's the easiest thing in the world to point out everyone else's behavior. The easiest, it's easy as stepping off a curb. What's difficult is actually what's best. And it's the most successful people in the world are constantly striving to figure out how am I contributing to the very problems I'm complaining about. And until I'm willing to be part of the solution to that problem, I'm still still part, part of the problem. Of the problem. And so we want people to willingly focus on themselves. Take the focus off of what your spouse is doing. Take the focus off what your kids are doing. Focus on yourself. What are you doing? But this is not easy to help people do because it's so easy to do ourselves. It's really hard to help other people do it. But it's, it's weird because we are, I think you would say, you would agree with me in this, that, that society has become a little bit more narcissistic than ever before. True. And that, you know, Twitter and Facebook and all that kind of stuff Very feeds so. into our narcissism. And yet, you know, when, when we think classically of a narcissist, it is someone who is obsessed with looking at themselves. Here's, the th- here's my, where I differ with that. Narcissism is not looking at yourself. Narcissism is needing other people to look at you. And that's what Facebook is. Okay. Look at me. No. This is looking at myself. And that's why you don't do Facebook. Oh, wait, no, you I, do Facebook. I, I dabble. I do. <laughs> I dabble in Twitter and Facebook because I think I'm supposed to because of some author thing. Because you, know? you, you got to get your clout score yeah, to a I certain level. My, and, and Yeah. I, I dabble. But ultimately, my goal in life as a therapist, is, as a professional, is to help people willingly look at themselves and begin to make the changes they can make toward creating the relationships they crave most. So one thing I found early on was there is one class of professionals that are able to help people willingly look at themselves better than any other class of professionals. And it's not therapists, and it's not ministers. It's comedians. Oh, yeah. Comedians, we, if, because if I can laugh at myself, then I can look at myself. So we've always strove, stroven, strove, stroven. That's an English word. Nice. We have always strived. Your, your wife does what for a yeah, living? She teaches English. Okay. Yeah, she's not here. No, to correct me. Strived to incorporate humor. That's why I mean that fed with the name "Scream Free" itself. Yeah. Right. And the Waffle House story that we tell at the beginning. Again, it's a story, and that is an intentional effort to be inclusive. But I'm. Letting you laugh at me because I want you to well, laugh at you. And I think that that's one of the things that comedians do. And it's one of the things that I think a good communicator learns from from stand-up comedy is if you lead with a self-deprecating story, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you do what I call, that's called lowering the platform. To say, I'm not going to come and speak to you from on high because I've got all this figured out. Down I'm going to you, lower yeah. the platform and say, I'm on the same level as you guys. Right. And uh, and I'm right in the thick of all this, and I haven't got this all figured out. So if you if you lead with a story that's a self-deprecating story, and then that allows you to broaden it out and say, okay, am I the only one right. that's done something like because that? Because not only is it is it lowering the platform, I think it's inviting. Yeah. Right. I'm inviting you that hey, there's a better world out there when you're willingly looking at your, looking at yourself. And so 
you know, you come on, uh, you are do now doing speaking engagements for Scream Free. Right. Kelvin and Sarah, our other fellows mm -hmm. at the Scream Free Institute, they give these. But we strongly encourage, as you're doing that, to what's your own Waffle House story? Right, you right. Know, figure out your own story, right? Don't tell the story with you having the stupid Waffle House hat on, but tell it. What is your story? That story where it was clear and obvious to everybody that you really had lost it and didn't know what you were doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And that's inviting to because everybody does it. Everybody loses it. Sure. And so the, the more I can put myself, sort of throw myself under the bus, mm -hmm. then first of all, the less someone else feels inclined to do it for me, you know, because I've already done it. I've already gone there. So nobody right. has to poke holes in me because uh, you're not that great. I, I, I led with that. Exactly. That I don't well, know people one. ask me that all the time. Interesting. People ask me, you know, is being media outlets or whatever will ask me, is is this going to do damage to my kids? Kind of having dirty laundry out there mm. yeah. their whole lives, right? I've been telling stories about my family life the whole time. But the answer is, well, no, because it's not their dirty laundry. It's yours. It's mine. Yeah. Right? It's always mine. It's always when I'm telling a story, even in the marriage book, and marriage material, the stories I tell are not about me doing wonderful things and confronting my wife in a wonderful scream-free way, it's the opposite. It's her confronting me in an amazingly scream-free way because she first confronted herself and then brought something to my attention. And so I, uh, there's always the danger when you're a public, any sort of public figure, minister's kids syndrome. You oh know, my gosh, you, yeah. Yeah. I grew up with that. Right. There's always that danger. But what I believe helps alleviate that danger is how self-deprecating you are how self-aware are you as the professional that you are the first in line of all the screw-ups and so i'm not telling you what i know and what you need to know i'm sharing some things that i'm learning along the way yeah so when you hear hal say you must chill just imagine hal standing in front of a mirror saying that to himself mm. he's shouting that to himself you must chill that's a lovely environment lovely <laughs> image yeah. okay so everyone is talking about this today yes and uh, we need to talk about it, I think. Okay. Tim Tebow has signed with the New England Patriots. I, I don't want to talk about it. Why not? Because everybody else is talking about it, and there's nothing to talk about. So here's what I want to talk about, though. Uh-huh. Why is Tim Tebow such a lightning rod? Uh, it's, uh, that's a, I mean, it's, a, it's fascinating. It is absolutely fascinating. He is an incredibly polarizing figure. It's crazy. I, I, I put something on uh, Facebook yeah. last night mm -hmm. about this because the rumors started circulating last night. You know, and, and so I just put a little harmless thing, you know, right. Tim Tebow, New England Patriots, right. discuss. I woke up this morning and it's, it's like somebody kicked over an anthill I know. on my Facebook page. I, was, I found it so refreshing to see the head coach of the Patriots, oh, yeah. Bill Belichick, his... He, <laughs> it was classic. And it was very scream-free, the way he answered the questions. Uh, scream-free in a Darth Vader sort of way. But it's still scream-free. I mean, scream-free is ultimately just non-reactivity. Yeah. just being non-reactive, right? So it's, it's beautiful. He eh? says, well, you know, what are, you, are you aware of all the attention that's going to happen? He said, I, I just thought we were going to improve our football team. That's all he's about. He's just about yeah, getting I'm just, better. I'm just here to improve the team. So, and... and Stick it to Bill Bell or t to, to uh, uh, what's his face? Yeah, uh, uh, Rex Ryan. Not you. Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan up in New York, right? Yeah. Coach of the Jets. Rex. Is it Rex. It's Rex. It's one of the Ryans. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. Yeah. But Buddy's their Buddy's dad. son, the big dude yeah. who coaches the Jets. Fine, he's no no big anymore. He lost all that weight. He's still pretty big. Well, he's a big dude. 
Yeah. So why do people freak out so much about sports figures? About you know, and and uh, and a lot of times we, we latch onto these people who were great in college. Yeah. And we just can't let it go. Well, we. I mean, it's obviously the the Christian thing is a huge thing with him. I mean, he's the only athlete that's ever done a Super Bowl commercial that's uh, anti-abortion. Yeah. Because he's going on there saying he's thankful that his mom, who she was tempted to abort him, single parent and no dad anywhere to be found, and he's thankful that his mom didn't. That's polarizing in and of itself. It's the most polarizing issue right, but, in this but country it since wasn't, slavery. So. It wasn't as if that... No, was the tipping point. I mean, he was a a, a figure, a, a you know, a, a polarizing figure before that commercial. Very much so, very much so. He is polarizing because he's incredibly gifted athletically. You think? No, is he a no. great athlete? He's a great athlete. I mean, the guy, unbelievable athlete. But he is not incredibly gifted at a particular skill set called quarterbacking. Oh, okay. So it's his throwing motion or whatever. But I don't even know that he's, you know, when I think of a great athlete, you know, I think of a Heinz Ward. I think of... Bo Jackson. Uh, Bo Jackson seen, or LeBron James or some, somebody like that. Have seen what he did at the NFL Scouting Combine when he was a rookie? I mean, he's a quarterback and he's running like a 4-4-8, four, four, you know, 50-yard dash. And, and or, I don't know. I wouldn't even... Dash. I'm not even sure I would make him as athletic as, say, Robert Griffin III. I'd say he's close to that. You but, think? Yeah. In terms I don't of know. pure athleticism, the guy can jump. Th- I mean, he had this unbelievable 40-inch vertical. I mean, he's strong as an ox. He is he's very fast, strong. You know? And But that's kind of, that was his thing. He was going to run over you at but Florida. But none of that He matters. wasn't going to run away. None of that matters. What, why not? What we are attracted to and at the same time amazed by is someone that principled. Okay. So is that, so that's what makes him... He is a polarizing figure, you think? Principled, right? Coming on and boldly talking about being a virgin and never really anyone questioning that. Yeah, that's true. In fact, somebody uh, uh, offered a reward if you could find someone that he slept with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, and it never, nobody ever no one's ever done it. It's never, there's nothing there. And so he, he fits in this long line of people who, whenever somebody incredibly principled comes along, what we want is to what I call pedestalize that person, right? You're just making up your own words now. I'd made up Scream Free. (laughs) So we pedestalize people, right? And we put him up there. And of course, what we also at the same time are doing is looking for a chance to crucify that person. Well, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We put him up on the pedestal so we can try to knock them off. Always. And media is especially gifted at doing that, even though they don't say that's what they're doing. But they're looking for it because when we pedestalize someone who is principled, then what happens is we get a vision of who we would like ourselves to be. But when we have them up there... We feel bad because, because we're not, not that. Exactly. And so we want to bring so now them we want back to throw down, rocks at them. Just like you and I were talking at the very beginning... Lowering the platform, we want that person to come down to our level so that we don't feel so bad about our unprincipled selves when right. we see such a principled self. And, you know, people say the same thing. I hear people say the same thing about him over and over again. 
I, I would like my daughter to date him. Right. You know, I, I, I would. He, he's a great person. Yeah. You know, but he just he has a terrible throwing motion and bad footwork, which is amazing because obviously. He's better than 99.9% of the rest of the human population <laughs> ever at those things. Yeah. He has made millions of dollars doing those things, right? Now, the thing is that we don't like somebody. Here's another part that might be polarizing. We don't like somebody who is having incredible amounts of success when we think they don't deserve it. We think, well, he shouldn't be given all these millions of dollars. He shouldn't be a backup quarterback because there's other people that are better than him. But it's his high profile profile that's getting him. And so we're castigating him while at the same time celebrating Kim, See, Kim Kardashian. Yeah, I, I was going to say Kim Kardashian and Paris Hilton and people like that who are just famous for being famous. And they right. haven't really contributed a lot to society. I mean, we have. I Would think, you say they've contributed anything to society? I don't know. I, we, you know, you don't, we don't distracted know us from <laughs> our financial woes. I don't. You know, I I, I don't know uh-huh. what they've done, and right. and maybe they're doing all sorts of charity work behind the scenes that we're aware of. I hope so. I, I do too. But it is interesting that in America, where we don't have royalty, right. where like the foundation of American society is, we're not going to have royalty, and then we select this you yeah. know cadre of people who get to act as as right. royalty. I call it American idolatry. Okay. Yeah, we don't have royals, we we have idols that we worship and then we realize well they're nothing and so we crumble them. And we do it over and, and over again. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we do it, right? We're constantly searching for. It. And maybe it's because we don't have royalty. I I I think that's part of it. Yeah. That 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 we don't have that class of people, and so we have to. We feel like we have to create that, and we have to manufacture. But you know who does it more than anybody? Is it me? No, who is it? You. It it, it, it includes you. <laughs> it includes you. It's parents. We pedestalize our children. Well, sure, and we demand that they pedestalize us. Well, it's remarkable. It. it it is absolutely remarkable what we do in terms to sh- of showing off our children and basking in the reflected glory. Well, that's the whole bumper sticker, you know, my kid is a honor roll student, honor student all that kind of, of stuff. Yeah, the, it's, but it is interesting that what we have just described as increasing narcissism Right? Mm-hmm. There's three phenomenon, I think, that are all coinciding. One is this incredibly increasing narcissism that was just written about in Time Magazine called the Me, Me, Me Generation. Right. I don't know if you read right. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that article. So the Me, Me, Me Generation, that in, it, it is going. At the same time, has been this incredible increase in technology in terms of reproduction, in terms of, in, in particular, video and photographic and audio Imaging and selfies and uh, Instagram and, and now uh, the Vine yeah, and all of that. Yeah, the Polaroid. Right? Oh, sure. And at the same time, something another thing we decry is the prolonging of adolescence. Right. The now adolescence is creeping into your mid twenties. Mid twenties, and they're not going. They're not leaving home. Right. They're coming home after college. They can't find jobs. Right. They're not launching. And so, I think all those things are actually intertwined. Because your home, every home you walk into now is filled with pictures of yourself, right? As a kid, it's filled with all these pictures of who, not who you are, but not who, who you're you going to be, but who you were, right? 
It's always filled with that. And that's wonderful to celebrate memories. It's been incredible. I'm not saying we need to get away from taking no photos whatsoever. But I was writing about this the other day uh, in a, one of our uh, Scream Free uh, tip for the day about that when you're an adolescent, you are constantly feeling like you're on stage. I remember when a school counselor said this to me. Mm-hmm. said, do you feel, what's it like to be on stage all the time? And she's like, what do you mean? She said, don't you, don't you feel as if every hair out of place and every, every movement is being constantly criticized and judged by everything and everyone around you? I said, oh my gosh, yes, how did you know that? And she said, because every teenager feels that way. Yeah. Right? We all feel that way at that time. But how much more is that exacerbated when you're surrounded by images of yourself constantly, not just now around your house, but online? where we're putting photos of our kids all the time. It's, it's amazing that now we're, we're only putting photos of our kids. We're not even putting photos of ourselves uh, for the Christmas Photos of our photos. kids and uh, food. Yeah, we do. We, and, we yeah. love... We love the, the about ubiquitous this, picture of the food. Which is remarkable to me. But we are celebrating them to the point of pedestalizing them because we are then basking in whatever accomplishments their glory may bring. Aren't my kids cute? Aren't my kids well accomplished? Aren't I doing a good job? And in their grades? It's not their grades, it's our grades. Our grades. Right. It's yeah. what, what it looks like for me. I mean, it, we, it's the same thing that society does with Tim Tebow, I believe, is the same thing we do with our children, is we put them up there, and then, when, and what we do is when they're young, when they're full of potential, and they haven't ruined all that potential by simply becoming themselves, <laughs> right? By going through the awkward stage. The, yes. It's one of the chapters in the, in the teenager book that we're writing is we all, we all have an ugly face, right? <laughs> we all Hopefully we grow out we, of we it grow at some point it. in time. Right. But we all have this ugly face. You know, it's usually like sixth grade. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yes. Yeah. And look, this is the worst photo you're ever going to take, blah, 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 right? We all have got this phase. And, and when our kids do that, then it's, we're torn as parents, right? And, when they, and, and it just gets worse as they become teenagers, and they don't live up to all this potential that they did have. And so we do the same thing that we do with Tebow, is now we criticize them. Why can't you do this? Or what t- and and it, it's, it's, never, it's not always like that. It's not always that horrifically negative. Why can't you be more like whatever? We don't say it that way. But well, it, sometimes we will. we will. Why yeah. can't you be more like your older sister, your older brother, something like that? We, that we do. That does happen. It happens far, far too often. I just don't want to assume our audience does that. Well, but, the, yes. uh, you know, for me personally... A lot of times, and like you said, I won't state it explicitly. Yeah, no. But the when I get myself into most trouble at the house, is usually because like it comes down to me saying to one of my kids, uh, "I wish you were more like me." Yeah, right. Because I know how to deal with me. I don't know how to deal with not me. You're different. Yeah, right. And that's the anxiety. And you're and not just you're different than me. You're different than the you that I thought you were going to be. Which was me. <laughs> because I was raising a little me. Exactly. But I was, no, I was raising a better version of me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was raising me without all the screw-ups and mistakes right. that I made, which is why I won't let you make the same mistakes that I made. Right. Learn from my dis- mistakes. I demand that you do that. Because I need 
to feel useful, at least in doing one thing in this world, and that's producing a better version of me. If there is one thing that I could do, it would be to be a model for you and have you learn from my mistakes. And I mean, we couch it in all these benevolent phrases, but it, it really still, is a very, I mean, it's, it's a, a malevolent impulse. It's, it's judgment. And in fact, I was just working with a family yesterday. I've been working with him for a long time. They're now coming back to see me uh, as clients. And they constantly, constantly give advice to their kids. Constantly. You know, I think you should do this. Or have you thought about this? Or what about this? Now the kids are in, getting into college, and it's not decreasing. It's increasing. Mm. And it, it in, it, with overly anxious parental systems... That increases the older they get. Yeah. Because and, the stakes are getting higher. And those those kids who uh, surrender to that, yeah. they end up living in houses that they didn't decorate. They end up married to people that they didn't pick. A lot of times. They yeah. ended up majoring in a subject that they did, had no interest in, going to a college that they did not care about. They right. let their parents, they abdicated all of that. But the result is they're not living their lives. Mm-hmm. They're living their lives you know, their parents' lives. And that's the way oldest kids and middle kids will do it. Younger kids will do just the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You know, that's the, the impulse. Is yeah, fine. give you the finger and run to the other side of the country. Exactly. Or, yeah. I'm not going to be anywhere near this, right? I'm going to do exactly opposite. I'm going to date the people you don't want me to date, mm-hmm. right? It's still the same thing. It's, what do I do about this pressure? Either I succumb to it or I resist it. But even then, they end up living a life that they didn't choose. It's still not theirs. They, ju- they, they chose the opposite, and they never yep. thought, is this what I really want? Right. Because they had abdicated everything. Again, it, they're, they're choosing... We'll edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> they are cho- their life is not their own, like you said. Right. Right. They are simply reacting. Right. Right. And, and that's all Eric from Escape from Reason stuff. True. You know that you know that you you abdicate so much that in the end you hate your life. Right. And it, I think this is what a lot of what goes what passes for midlife crises. Absolutely. Is the realization especially happens a lot of times parents are aging or dying. Yep. And you look around and say this is not the life that I wanted. How did this become the life that I have? Exactly. And so you reject it all and you try to reinvent yourself. Oh, I mean, that's, that's sometimes what happens. Or you just live the life of quiet desperation. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. the unexamined life yes. kind of thing. And, and that happens far more commonly, but it's still, that's, that's the seedbeds of depression. Mm. Right? It's the seedbeds of divorce. It's the seedbeds of so much bad behavior, right? And so instead, a lot of times what we do is, is we take all of that stuff that we're living with, wrestling with, don't know that maybe we're wrestling with it, and we folk, and we didn't put it all on our kids. We put all our hopes on our kids. And we are ultimately saying, my life is over. My hopes are over. My development is over. Now it's all about yours. And you're the hope for not just you, you're the hope for me. Well, I fulfilled my obligation to passed down the family line now. So now that I've yeah. procreated, and now it's all about just raising them up and making sure that they're sufficient and they, they can get along on their own. But I need your cute smile to outshine the dark moments, the dark things going on within me that I don't want to focus on. That's a cheery thought right there. Yeah, wow. Yeah, sorry. Okay, but uh, on the other hand, 
our kids still need guidance, still need. Absolutely. And so, so to get into that idea, I want to talk about this because the other yeah. night, your family and my family, we we all went out to dinner. We went to the Cuban place. Yes. How was your? Uh, you were sitting at the other side of the table. What, how, was your food good? No. No. I'm no. sorry to hear that. The appetizers were fantastic. They were, weren't yes, they? But the things are good. The pulled pork. Yeah. I was comparing it to my favorite Cuban place. Yeah, which is no comparison. Really? Not. Was even it dry? Close. Was it a little dry? It was dry, but it was more onions than meat. Oh. I saw onions. you picking the onions out. Yeah, you're supposed yeah. to have onions with your meat in right. a Cuban place, but yeah. you're not but supposed you, to have was, more. Okay. I had a little mm. little meat with my onions. I'm sorry to hear that. Mm-hmm. It was a fun place. Mm-hmm. I, I like the environment. Great environment. It's great. Great environment. And uh, and so our daughters, your your daughter my is six, was 16, 16 year old, and your 13, 13 year, old, year old. Yes, sitting next together, and uh, and they have hatched a plan. Mm. They would like to go to the Vans Warped tour this oh, summer really yeah this is hatched during this thing or my daughter had afterwards. been talking about it beforehand gotcha. and so she went into that conversation mm. looking for an ally and it seems as if your daughter has uh, willingly Through volunteered for that post conversations via, I, I via think texting. So, yes, texting and, and and things like that but even on the way home really? my daughter was talking about how which is reflective go. of the fact that you have a 13 year old that still talks to you Oh, okay. All right. So this I have a is all news to you. Yeah, I have a sixteen-year-old so, okay. that doesn't talk yeah, to me. Sorry. Right. Um, so, uh, so they want to go to this uh, tour, this big uh, music is it, festival. Is it a music festival outside yeah, yeah. somewhere? I, I don't know. It's downtown like somewhere. Yeah, it's downtown somewhere. And like, like music twenty bands, some, something like that. Okay. Wristbands. Yeah. Get yeah, in yeah, that yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Five different stages. So um, something that sounds somewhat doable for a sixteen-year-old, maybe. Maybe. But a 13-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, you know, uh, I am no stranger to concerts and music festivals and all that kind of stuff. You and I have been to our fair share of those sorts of things, I'm sure. Did you ever go to South by Southwest? Yeah, it's informing my reticence. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) right? My experience informs Uh, Having been there and having done that, I'm a little... So uh, so, Now, uh, here's the thing, though. i got to remind myself. I am not my daughter. No, of course I not. I am not even close. No. But Thankfully. there will be other guys at this event who are... Which has been a fascinating thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, talent talking to her about what, po- what photos she posts. Oh, right. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. it's, it's just... It's, it's obviously different when you are, shall we say, a mateable age. <laughs> 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 That's yes. how I think about it. My, yeah. my daughter is now a mateable age. Exactly. You know, your daughter's so, getting there. So, uh, so one of the bands at this uh, thing is. Um I, I jokingly refer to them as Screaming with Sirens, and now that's all I can think. They're Sleeping with Sirens. There's something with Sirens oh, right. band. Yeah, yeah, and they're kind of a like they, an actual reference to Sirens in I, Homer. I think so. In the Odyssey. Let's hope so. Although, to be frank with you, and it maybe this sounds is just like police is, sirens. It sounds a little bit like police you sirens. You are ancient. Yeah, exactly. You I'm are old, so yeah. old. I know, I know, I know. So, uh, so uh, I get on uh, the internets mm-hmm. yesterday. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I Google up the name there of the band, yeah. and it pulls up all these different videos, and I watch some of the videos, and... <clears throat> Okay, all right. Uh, one in one of them, the problem that I had with it was there's a uh, they they have a guest rap artist who does a little break in the middle of it, and he's sure. just hurling obscenities at mm. this woman, like literally just hurling obscenities at her. So I got to have that conversation with my daughter, like at her, like like yes, 
yeah. This is what I want you to do with me, or this is what I think of you. How or... the bleep you gonna leave me? I'm oh. the one on TV. Oh, I've got all these wow. women who are screaming my name. How, you know? Wow. And I thought, you know, I, I told her. I, I actually said, if if a boy ever yelled that at you in my presence, I would slap him in the mouth. <laughs> to say it lightly. Yeah, that's yeah. what I would do. I would slap him right in the mouth and tell right. him to go home. Right. Um, and she, I think she, she gets that. She understands that. Uh, but this was the really interesting thing. Mm. The lead singer of this band now has a daughter. Mm. He's in mid twenties, mm-hmm. and he's got a daughter. And they asked him in an interview, "Are you going to be like a strict dad?" Mm-hmm. And this is actually what he said: "She's never coming to the Vans Warped tour." Really? Yeah. Wow. He says, "If she did, I would force her to wear." This big, Trench baggy yeah. sweatsuit, and she would have to have a backpack with mm-hmm. a leash on it, and mm-hmm. because I know what goes on there. Right. Never mind, I help create what goes on there. Exactly. Never mind that, right? I, so now, yeah. uh, on the one hand, you want to be the cool parent, right? Of course. Like you, you want to be that. And on the other, you know, I, I've been to those tours, and so... It, and by cool parent, I mean... I don't want to ostensibly, I'm going to use this, Look ostensibly ostracize my daughter from me. Of course. Right? Right. I don't want to do that. And no. you and I both like music. Sure. We both like going to concerts. And we both like sharing yeah. great music, in my mind, great music sure. with my kids has been fantastic. I got to tell you, one of the coolest developments in my relation with my daughter is, it's happened lately, is as she has come out of the teeny bopper. You actually use the word teeny bopper. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I did. Uh, she. Who's who's the old man now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's coming out of that phase, <laughs> and liking, I believe, better more, better, better music. music. Yeah. Yes, and and it's indie folk music. And the cool right. thing is, we share the same iTunes account. So if she orders something, same here. Yeah, right. anything that it my daughter orders, I get. Appears, yeah. Right, and then I and when I'm on the road, I'll listen to it, and then I'll come and we'll talk about it. Yeah, which is really really cool. And. It, it, like yesterday, I was on the Today Show, mm-hmm. and with me was this guy named Austin Mahone. Okay. Do your kids know of Austin Mahone? No. I bet they do. Sleeping with Sirens, by the way, is okay. the name of the band. You reminded me because it's on my iPhone there now. There you go, because she ordered it. Because she ordered it yeah, last night. Yeah. No, Austin Mahone is the next Justin Bieber. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't. It's a thing. In your, <laughs> It's just a thing. And so I was... St- I mean, I was st- Making no judgments. And I'm that. there at, in the Today Show in the green room. I've done it a you know, million times, and their whole entourage is there, and they're all dressed exactly oh, the same, boy. all the dancers. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, all yeah, got yeah. The, the high top with Velcro and the tight black jeans and the bandanas mm-hmm. everywhere, and they're getting in, and they're... The flat, build brim hat, a bunch, bunch, you know? A few of those guys. And... Uh, Doing this rah rah, and because he's about to play, and there are a thousand preteen girls on the wow. outside. You know that outside part yeah, of the yeah, show yeah. where you can wait. There's a thousand of them, and here, the cool thing was, I had no idea who he was. <laughs> and that's not because I'm old. Now tell me who <laughs> you exactly. are again. Exactly. It's it wasn't, but I, it was not because I'm old. Because my daughter's old. Oh, okay, she's yeah, yeah, yeah. because she's past that stage. Yeah, right. and that was kind of cool. Okay, but. What is she getting into? Right? Because there are things that are going to happen at a Warp right. tour yeah. that aren't going to happen necessarily at a Bieber concert. 
Well, not anymore. Although, did you see the the new thing? Yeah. Uh, uh, Bieber tweeted a picture of a uh, a young lady's brazier. Oh, someone they're starting. Someone through. threw the bra up on the stage now. Wow. Yeah, that's a Justin Bieber. Wow. Was it the bra with the little bow on the front? I don't like I, Alyssa Milano got I, <laughs> You know what I'm talking oh, about. Do, that yeah. episode. And who's the boss? <laughs> yeah. Where she went shopping with Tony Danza <laughs> for the bra. Wow. Uh, so, uh, back to your original discussion about right. the, the Vans Warped Tour, mm-hmm. right? You're not inclined to let your daughter do this without you. No. Of course not. But... I, re- I remember being 13. I went to, con- I, that's when I started going to concerts. Yeah. It, well, there's no way, I had an older sister. So, yeah, it, so it was, it was a little bit different. Oh, you know, dramatic. Yeah. there's no way in the world I would have gone to a concert at 13 with either one of my parents. Yeah. I went with older adults, though. I mean, old, older people. Not Is there like, something you want to talk about? Is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went with older guys that uh, my parents trusted and okay. whatever high school guys or whatever yeah. right. I was yeah. friends with. Yeah, I, there were some. Them. There were some guys at church or you know, yeah. you know, guys who were yep. kind of in the youth group well, and I went to yeah, see Rush and yeah. Yes and the Police and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, it, people go to a Rush concert. I've never been to a Rush concert, so I don't know. You'll have oh, to. it's still... Do they go in then, costume? Do they go dressed like a... That's funny. <laughs> no. But what they used to do was go and smoke tons and tons of pot. Okay, so you sure. go smoke dope. and, uh, uh, and but, but even then, I think those kinds of people were going to listen to the music. True. Right? You go to Rush to listen to the music. True. Not to... It's not all the other stuff that's going on, mm-hmm. like at a Van Halen concert. I went to a Van Halen concert when I was in high school, right? So, mm-hmm. and nobody was really there to listen to the music, mm. right? So, so, and especially music festivals, whether it's Coachella True. or True. something like that, you know, True. it's about all the stuff that's going on around the concert venue, not really about what's going on on stage, which is what your daughter partly wants to experience. Yeah, right. And here's the thing. We have to figure out a way to normalize our kids' desires to experience more, especially when they are being bombarded every day, all day, with messages from friends and advertisers about, uh, have you heard FOMO? FOMO. Fear of missing out. Oh, well, I've never heard it. Yeah, as it's, FOMO. It's the new I've, YOLO, you know, YOLO once. Yeah. Well, okay. Now the new one is FOMO, FOMO. Fear of missing out. Okay. That you, what advertisers want to do is drive a wedge between parents and their kids and say, look, there is a world out there that you are missing, you're being deprived of. Right. Right. That you're missing out on, and your parents don't want you to be a part of it. Even though we want your parents to fund it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. We want your parents' money. So we want you to go, and so we're going to use that, right? And so how do I normalize my ta- my daughter's desire to experience stuff like that? And, and, and it's even something like her posting photos of she and her friends on Facebook in bikinis, mm. right? Well, she's surrounded by Seventeen Magazine or whatever. Her sure, bodies yeah, are, yeah, yeah. But their bodies are developing. They think their bodies look like they do, and fortunately, they do look yeah. like the bodies you see on a Seventeen Magazine, yeah. and they want to show it off. They don't understand all that's associated with that, so how do I normalize my daughter's desire to do that 
without demonizing all teenage boys, because that's yes. that's sort of the go-to for parents. Or, is, and demonizing well, don't you her. know what boys uh, you know, boys yeah. are all thinking all the time, all this kind of stuff? And I don't know, maybe they are, but you've got a teenage boy too, yes. right? So you yes. can't just say because boys are pigs, right? I don't want to say. I don't want to say that. I do want to say, educate on all the ramifications, not just some of them. And and that's the difficult thing. It, without, I don't want to demonize her, first of all, and then I don't want to demonize all boys, but I have given her the stages of teenage boy development speech. Right. And how it coincides with her own stages of physical development. And what's the, what's the age spread between your... Two and a half years. So two and a half So years. my son's 14, she's 16 and a half. Are they? Are they? Well, for me, I have an older sister. She's uh, she's almost five years older than I am, and and she and I are very, very good friends. Yes, and have been for years and years. Yeah, and years. you and I have discussed this. Yeah. I have the exact same situation. My do- my sister is four and a half years older, and we're very, very close. Yeah, um, probably because our mother was our common enemy. You know? <laughs> so no, no uh, yeah. my mother will never listen to this because she's practically Amish. So, yes. um, uh, but uh, I was able to. At a certain age, my sister and I would talk about things like this. Yeah. She she would say, you know, why do boys blah blah blah, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. Or what's going through a guy's mind when? Sure. If I say this to my boyfriend, sure. What's he gonna think? You mm-hmm. know. And uh, but my my uh, girls don't have that. Yeah, they don't have a boy. They have me. Yeah. Which is, and I'm not a boy. I'm dad. Which is why you need to. I believe if you don't have siblings of opposite sex, you need to expose them to cousins of opposite sexes. You need to expose them to friends of op- family friends of opposite right. sexes, where there's a safety thing there, rather than because. Uh, you Is know, your boy safe? Would he be safe oh if I invited gosh, him into my absolutely. house? Would be okay. Right. You really don't think I've <laughs> seen my boy? Yeah. He's too good, and so you had to expose that. That way, they get to yeah. Kind of have that kind of experience. Feel each other out without having to feel each other. Yeah, up. we'll just yeah. I, okay, we yeah. need to edit that out. Yeah, we will. <laughs> Sorry I'll, about that. That's a we'll good phrase. Believe that. Like. that it is. <laughs> good phrase. I my uh, one of my daughters last night uh, had her hair kind of like she did something funky with her hair. It got out of the shower and and it was so humid last night yeah, that her hair was kind of all frizzy. Frizzed. And she said, "Daddy, look at my hair. It's so crazy." And I said, "You look like Roseanne, Rosanna, Dana." Which made, of course, no Which, sense. Which, of course, to she her doesn't get it at all, right? right. I mean, that's a character from Saturday Night Live. And so I explained to her that was a character from Saturday Night Live from when I was a kid. Yeah. She looks at me and she says, Did you watch Saturday Night Live when you were a kid? Mm. Uh oh. You know what? Yeah. I think I did. I did. And I said, I'm not sure if I should have. But I did. And she said, Are you scarred for life? Wow, that's and funny. I said, and I said, that's why I am the way I am. Exactly, you know. But that also, I don't know if you do this in your household, but I think a lot of parents do this, where we kind of gauge, or we forget to sometimes gauge. You know what? When I was their age, I experienced this, or I went here, or I saw this, mm-hmm. I watched these kinds of things, and I don't know. Is Saturday Night Live still as, like, is it more coarse? Relative to society now than it was no, nineteen eighty two. It was much more almost counterinsurgency, you know, it, back in the day, and that's I what mean, made I, it so it was, revolutionary. It it's not revolutionary it was, now. It's not revolutionary, but was it as coarse then as it is now? No, 
relative to society. Yeah, you can't do that. It was subversive. It was, but you can't do that. Relative to society, I don't think so. I think, I think it's, it was more back then. Hmm. But now, you, I mean, you, you can't have... So do your kids watch Saturday Night Live? Yes. We've watched... Since when? Um, probably the last year. Okay. But here's the deal. Is my wife and I have... We're different than a lot of parents, and we've not gone you know, on the scream-free pedestal and shouted this from the rooftops, but right. that's what you need to do. But yeah. we have always strived, strove striven again. Striven. Stroven. <laughs> English needs to work on that word. Because <laughs> strived just doesn't sound right. But we have always tried to expose our kids to things earlier than, yeah. than we're comfortable with. Right. And, because, and we do similar. Because I do not want them being exposed to them elsewhere. Right. I want to be the first to the punch. Yeah. So I've told you this story before, but I told my kids all the cuss words I could think of when they were young. Mm. Told them that because, hey, I, and here's how you use it. Here, and I, the way I've always said it. <laughs> how did, you use it? I you did. diagram it? A I sentence said, and everything? Parse it out? of speech, yes. And it was one of uh. the great experiences. I was doing carpool one time. My kid was like eight, and he was in the back with one of his buddies. And his buddy used a uh, cuss word, but a totally wrong figure of speech, yeah. right? And my son corrected him. Dude, you don't even, you're not even saying that right, you know, <laughs> which was great. That's, that's what I was going for, is I want them to be exposed to it so that it doesn't have any mystery attraction. Right, right, right. Right? And so I've done that with movies as well. And we don't just go by rated R or non-rated R, right? We think and choose. Now, yeah. I, I've made some mistakes probably exposing them too early, yeah, you. Uh, yeah, you. You told me a story about uh, Saving Private Ryan. Was that the one? Uh, no, I was no. thinking of uh, was it uh, Caddyshack? Yeah, I did. I did expose him to Caddyshack. Yeah, I did. But actually, that was just recently. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I showed him. You Saving Private Saving Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. That like, opening when, sequence. Yeah, when he was like nine. Well, yeah, that was. It was, and and so I mean, we're watching, we're watching. We had, he was had an interest in war stuff, and I want to show him to him and stuff because I work with the army and. I look over, and that 20 minutes sequence <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> is he green? And he's is starting he, to cry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, crap. I just, it was too uh, early. Yeah. So we turned it off, but the next day, we finished the thing, right? Okay. And now he, he loves that movie. And we've since then, we've watched all of Band of Brothers together, and we've watched The Pacific together, and it's helped inform, talk about my work with the Army. You know, I, I'm, it's interesting, though. I, back in the past, it's easier to take. I've not shown him The, the Hurt Locker. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a little too, I think. Or Zero Dark Thirty? Right, no, I, Zero Dark Thirty? I want to, but I still, I mean, I was shaken by that. Yeah. You know? Well, you and I saw that together. Yeah. We, uh, that was a sh- the movie was so well done, I was shaken by it. And but, at the end of it, everybody in the movie theater, we were in a, a movie theater yeah. full of adults, and, and it was silent. Oh, we didn't. We crept out of that theater. Yeah. You know? And, but we've attempted to show them comedies, right? Uh, we've shown them 16 Candles. Well, I totally yeah. forgot. There's a clear yes. scene of breastages, right? That just come <laughs> right through there. And so we've made some mistakes uh, along those lines. Um, so we have exposed our kids to things because we want to be at least involved in their... Right. In, you know, right? Because they're going to be exposed to them eventually. And I'd rather have them exposed to them with me so we can talk about it. Because that's a safe place for them to process I, 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 those sorts of things. Hopefully. Yeah. It, it, one of the bedrock principles, and we're going to talk about this in, that, in the teenager book, is that approachable parents have teachable kids. And one of the ways you can demonstrate approachability is a willingness to go to areas that are uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But you're willing to go there because it's uncomfortable. So you're willing to talk about sex, right? You're willing to talk, uh, expose them to movies. You're, you're willing to have discussions about uncomfortable topics like 
what goes on on the Warped Tour, but you're doing it in a very non-reactive way. Yeah. Like, you're not freak. oh my gosh, you got to get that picture down. Do you realize what boys think? No, no, no. So last night I sit down with my daughter and I say, hey, I, uh, I, I Googled up this uh, video of this uh, singer, this screamo singer dude on the Sleeping with Screamo. Sirens. Screamo. That's what they're, you know, it's, and I told Oh, her, it is Screamo. Yeah, 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 yeah they, they yeah. actually build emo. themselves as Screamo. Yes. And I said, first of all, that's not Screamo. Screamo is way heavier is. than that. Whatever it is they're doing is not play, really, you know. Some anthrax yeah, exactly. or black me, Yeah, when I think of Screamo, I think of kind of speed metal sure, and, you know, sure. that kind of stuff. I said, so, so first of all, his, that's not really Screamo. But um, I, I saw this interview with him, and she had seen the same interview. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting. So I said, they asked him this question, and he said, my daughter will never go to this tour. And she quoted the rest of, like, she she'd watched that very had same. watched it. And I, I think she was uh, surprised mm. that I had seen that you it. Had seen it. And, that I, and I said, so why do you think that is? Why do you think he wouldn't let his daughter go? Right. And it, I just, I didn't say, you're not going. Mm. I just said... Let's have this conversation. And because it, was, it turned out to be a very healthy conversation. Well, the ideal is not that I say you're not going. Yeah. And she doesn't go. The ideal is always that through a conversation, she comes to the conclusion that, you know what? I don't think I want to go because I don't think it'd be good for me. Or, now, when or maybe that? she doesn't. Maybe she says, I still want to go. Mm-hmm. But she goes in... Kind of with eyes wide sure. open. Sure. But I'm, I'm talking about the ideal scenario. Your uh, ideal scenario ideal is she never goes to the concert. Yeah. Is that it? My ideal scenario is that she takes more responsibility. Right. right. She makes a more informed decision. About what's best for her. Yeah. Right? That's what my ideal is. Now, I don't get that ideal. Right? Mm-hmm. Not very, very often. Very often. <laughs> I do get it sometimes. Though. Yeah, every once in a while. I, 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 get sure. it, I get it more often than I deserve. It's it's amazing that it, it does occur, so that I don't have to exercise that power. You're not going. I mean that is, that power is available to us. It is just very very limited. Right, and you can only play that card very very yeah. rarely. Right, and so I don't want to. I will if I, I have to. If I have to. sure, but I don't want to. I want to have a conversation engaged enough to where, like you just described, she can come to some conclusions herself. It's always better that way. Yeah. So, are our daughters going to go to this tour? Or I have no idea. You don't know. I, I, okay. I really. She has not mentioned it to me at all. Okay. Right now, she's up. She's upset because she didn't get to go to the lake with her three friends without parents. Which okay. There's sometimes it's just like, okay, you're an idiot. That's not going to happen. That's yeah. not happening. All right. Well, we're going to talk about that more next week about mm. uh, unchaperoned. Uh, unadult, supervised sorts of things. But uh, this has been You Must Chill. My name is John Allen Turner. He's Hal Hal. Edward Runkle. And uh, we'll see you next week.